Welcome to the Greater Women Podcast, powered by Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated. The Greater Women Podcast features inspirational stories from women that will leave you feeling greater and ready to conquer the everyday challenges that women experience. Today's episode features past Grand Basilisk, Joanne G. Loveless. We dive deeper into her journey and explore how do you handle the various transitions life will throw at you. Enjoy the show. Hi, Pastor and Loveless. How are you doing today? I am blessed, very blessed to, to still be here and very blessed to be a part of this. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for being a guest on the Greater Women podcast. We are so excited to be able to chat with you today. So let's dive deep into this conversation. So, Madam Pastor Grant, when did you join the sorority? I joined Sigma Gamma Rho in fall of 1977. <laughs> I know that a lot of the listeners weren't even born. <laughs> I, I, I fall into that category. <laughs> at that point in t- that point in time, but I am so glad that I made that choice at that time. And and what made you interested in joining the sorority? Talk me um to me a little bit about that. Oh my God, that is an interesting question because I um I'm a I'm a I'm a preacher's kid. You know, grew up in a preacher's kid when and and in a small town, Orangeburg, South Carolina. And when I became a freshman at the University of South Carolina, I knew nothing about nothing, really. <laughs> I certainly knew nothing about sororities and fraternities. I didn't even know which was the guys and which was the girls. Didn't have any clue whatsoever. And as is the case on every yard in America, still is the case, uh, every organization that was represented at that time had their own quote unquote reputation, whether it was true or not, it was the reputation on the yard. Um, uh, the, I don't know if I should go into this, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the deltas on the yard had the reputation. Like I said, I'm not saying that it's true, but they had the reputation as being women who were a little, little more, as we, as we would say, hot. On the, on the yard and being a PK, I'm like, oh no, 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 that can't be me. The Zetas on the yard at the time were thought to be, hmm, nobody knew what they were doing. And so I'm like, oh, well, okay, I don't know about that. Sigma Gamma Rho on the yard was so, we had the reputation of being the very stuck up girls. Oh, uh, I didn't want anything to do with that either, <laughs> quite frankly. And the Alpha Kappa Alpha Girls, of whom my roommate was a legacy, uh, <laughs> uh, was going to be a legacy, they were the party women. Well, you know, I was a PK, had been in the house all my life. Hey, that sounds like the thing for me. I was going <laughs> to be an AKA. No ifs, <laughs> ands, about it. I was professed who was going to go with my roommate, and we were going to do it. Well, you know, God works in very mysterious ways. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that there were nine, count them, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine Sigma Gamma Rose who lived on my floor, not on the dorm, on my floor. And each floor in the dorm had had its own kitchen, one kitchen. And everybody would, of course, congregate at about the same time. And it just so happened that the women of Sigma Gamma Rose, they would see me in the kitchen. Hey, Joanne, how doing you know they would go in someplace we're going to such and such you want to go with us and i'm like wait a minute now 
I thought these girls were supposed to be stuck up. This isn't adding up to me. Hmm. Reputation and actuality wasn't, wasn't aligned there. And so they invited me to come go to a rush. And I did. And uh, the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, Brenda Presley was the speaker for the rush. And I was mesmerized by what she had to say. I had been to some other rushes and where mm -hmm. folks had, you know, basically uh, downed all the other organization, you know, because mm -hmm. they were the best, et cetera, and so on. Didn't see that in this rush, this general rush, you know, and there were some folks who were there with me as interest who asked the question, now, wait a minute, uh, we heard that such and such is this and that, and you all are otherwise, you know, what do you have to say about that? And the answer was, all we know here, all we talk about here, all we can tell you about here is Sigma Gamma Rho. If you want to know about the other folk, you need to go and ask the other folk. I was like, oh, my, I like that. <laughs> uh, the question came up. If we join this organization, does that mean we can't have friends with folks in other organizations? And the answer was, well, of course that's not true. You know, whoever you had as friends when you came in, we expect that you will keep those friends because our expectation is that you will bring the best that you have to Sigma Gamma Rho. And Sigma mm -hmm. Gamma Rho will then give the best that it has back to you. And beyond that, it is your life. You know, you do as you, as you would normally do. And I'm like, oh, my, this is very different. <laughs> and, yeah, I was just, yeah, just, yeah, stuck. At that point, went back to my to my dorm room and had to break it to my roommate. But <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it with you, baby. I got I got another way. I got to go. <laughs> oh wow, wow! Now, and and you, the rest is history. And she, of course, did become a member of, of Alpha Kappa Alpha because, as, as I said, her, she was a legacy. Her mom was, her grandmother was, and to this day, she and I are the very best friends. When when I was Grand Bastler. She left her boule to come to my boule. And when she became regional director for the South Atlantic region, which is their largest region, I, I did not go to my regional conference here in the Western region. So did I could attend hers. You know, so we, 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 we have remained that, that friendship. Oh, my God. Over 40, almost 50 years. <laughs> oh, my God. That, that is absolutely beautiful. And I know when we talk about, you know, what it means to be a greater woman, like, it's that being able to maintain those lifelong connections. And, you know, like you said, God works in very mysterious ways because the one who was absolutely certain that she wanted to be a member of another sorority ended up becoming one of the international ambassadors for Sigma Gamma Rho mm -hmm. Sorority Incorporated. It's just, Indeed. it's very unique Indeed. how things happen. So let's talk a little bit more about your tenure as international grand ambassadors, which is a role that not everybody has the pleasure and privilege of having. So tell us a little bit about that journey for you. I wouldn't have believed it would have been me either, <laughs> quite <laughs> frankly. When I became a member of Sigma Gamma Rho back in 1977, I was afraid of my own shadow. You know, I couldn't even speak up in a meeting without shaking and trembling and, you know, and, and now I can stand up and, and, and speak, you know, in front of hundreds and thousands. You know, I would have never believed it at that time when I joined. And I can recall when I was editor-in-chief, I had just uh, been reelected for my second term 
was riding uh, from the boulet to the airport with the then seated uh, Grand Basilisk who asked a question of me, what do you plan to do after you come out as editor-in-chief? What's your, what's, your, what's your next step? And I told her, well, I hadn't, hadn't really given it a lot of thought. And she said, do you have aspirations to be Grand Basilisk? And I, I did not hesitate. I said, hell no. <laughs> and I'm saying this to a sitting Grand Basilisk, right? <laughs> and she says, well, well, you know, why? Why, why do you say that like that? And, and I did not pause again. I said, the politics of it all. I have no tolerance for it. You know, I'm one of these people. I want to come in, do, do the job that has to be done, do it well, and move on. I, I don't have time for the, for the other stuff. And she paused for a moment, and she said to me, she said, well, so I love us. You know, you don't have to do the politics. It's a choice. Mm-hmm. You can choose not to. And I said, oh, yeah, oh, for whatever. <laughs> Wasn't on my radar. Wasn't on my radar at all. Well, uh, jettisoned a little for a little while for, further, and um, I was encouraged to go for the role of, of first grand and, of course, was able to get that position. And about midway through the first term, I realized that, Oh my God, you do realize <laughs> that now that you are first grade, <laughs> the expectation at least is that you go and go for grand. I'm like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, do I really want to do this or not? <laughs> you know? Oh my goodness. But finally made the decision that, okay, I can do this. And um, and became, you know, ran for the role and, and, and did get the role. Um it was a most rewarding part of my life. I, I had no idea. It is true. You hear people say in a, in a lot of these roles, particularly the regional and, and the international level, that you really have no idea of what the role enta- entails until you get in it. And mm-hmm. that is very true. Even even though you may have looked at it, seen it, been a, been a part of it from the point of view of, of uh, working with the person who was in it previously, but you have no true clue of what it entails until you're actually in the role. And that, that is so very true. And, and as most of us, is the case with most of, the, of us who have been in this role, probably all of us that have been in this role, you know, we've had full-time jobs mm-hmm. while trying to do this full-time job. Yes. yes. <laughs> and, and that can be a challenge. But if you... If you are really committed to it, dedicated to it, and manage your time well, you can do it, as all of us have shown. We had to get the job done, and we did just that. Um, I had a few additional challenges. Of course, at that time, I called them additional challenges. But having seen what some of the the grand bachelor I've had to deal with since my term, oh, no, I didn't have any challenges. (laughs) I I didn't have a pandemic. (laughs) <laughs> to, to mm-hmm. deal with that kind of madness. No, no, I didn't really have challenges. I, I had some uh, some hiccups yeah. <laughs> compared to some of that. <laughs> but I found out um, I, I was elected, of course, in, in 2008. And I found out in June of 2008 before the election 
that um, that I had thyroid cancer. Mm. And and, you know, at that point, you know, just the C word, it didn't matter what kind. If it was the C word, you know, cancer, you know, you immediately, oh, my God, what, what what's going to be happening, et cetera, and so on. And, and um, I, I, for a moment, thought that maybe it would be best to pull out. And I said, I do not want to be in a position where I cannot do my job because of my health. You know, and, and I had some discussions with my doctor and they said, well, you know, if you're going to have cancer, if it has to be thyroid cancer, kind of, kind of have, because once we remove it, you're done. <laughs> you're done. You're on medication for the rest of your life. <laughs> and, and certainly we do checks, you know, along the way for the rest of your life to make sure that nothing was, was left in any form or fashion. But basically, you're done. And I said, oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did, and and sure enough, since that time I had full thyroidectomy uh, right after the boulet, <laughs> a full thyroidectomy, and um, and have not had any problems with that since. So that was a wonderful thing, and uh, we continued through our 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 stint as Grand Basilis until 2010. I was laid off by my company that I had been working for. 17 and a half years. And that really floored me to some degree. It didn't floor me from the point of view that I felt any animosity about being laid off in and of itself because the company had had probably five or six layoffs prior to that time. And I hadn't been touched, you know. And so at the point that it happened, I was like, well, I guess it was just my time. No, no, no big deal. And I figured that, you know, given the tenure, the amount of time I had in my field and the experience that I had, et cetera, and so on, I would have no problem getting a job. But a lot had changed since the last time I'd been out job hunting. It used to be, you know, you turn in your resume, people look at it, they call you in for for an interview and sell yourself and boom, you know, and I've never had a problem with that. Well, now we were at the point in time where folks, uh, Everything is viewed online, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you may or may not get an interview based on what they see online. You don't get a ch- chance to sell yourself before they might kick you out. <laughs> and, and to find out that that was quite different, even though my approach to it was like I was working. You know, I got up in the morning, I went to the computer, I put in my, my, my information. And when my husband came home in the evening, I was still at the computer. It's still doing, but yeah. that did not yield me anything for a long time. Uh, I did not get an interview for eleven months before I got wow. my, my interview, and and you know God is God is so good because I had a sense of peace, and 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 you 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 think about what gets you through life in general, be it my time. Uh, working as 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 a full time in a full time role and being grand basilisk, or going through the, the the scare of having cancer, or now going through uh, at that time uh, being laid off. I don't know what I would have done if I did not have my faith. You know, mm. and that gave me a sense of peace. That even I wouldn't have believed, you know, I would have believed I'd have been all over the place. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And it, and it, and it didn't happen. It, it just didn't happen. Now, don't get me wrong, I had my moments. Yeah. I, I, I so. thought, 
Yeah, because I'm human. But I would have thought, particularly in a period of 11 months, you know, that I would have been almost pulling my hair out. And that that just never happened. I, t I told folk and I truly believe that God had a plan. He hadn't told me what it was yet. And I was good with that. And we just went on doing what we doing, what we were doing. And then in uh, and, uh, June of 2011, I received a, a request, just a, 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 a folks that the folks that do job searches for companies. Oh, mm -hmm. but anyway, uh, I got a call uh, out of the blue uh, for, from a recruiter. Got a, a call out of the blue from a recruiter saying he found me online and wanted to know if I was still looking for a job. And I said, yes, I am. He says, well, you know, I think that's a perfect fit for you. He says, however, it's in California. And I said, uh, California? Yes, California. Okay, fine. I figured at least I, I was getting an interview. <laughs> I hadn't gotten any up to that point. I'd be stupid not to, not to say yes. And so I did. I said yes. And I went for the interview. They told me that they had been trying to fill the role for two years. So don't lose lose faith. They would let me know one way or the other. They would leave me hanging, but it might be a while. They called me the next week and wow. said that they wanted me to come in for a second interview, which which I did, and they offered me the job. And I was like, oh, God, California? And this was the last my last year as Grand Bassler at the time and I'm, I'm looking at the, the prospect of moving cross country and I'm like how am I going to do this you know I am fortunate so very fortunate and blessed that I had a really good leadership team because I honestly went to them and they, they will attest to this I went to them and said you know what I think I need to pull out and they said you're going to do what <laughs> <laughs> I said, I never want to be in anything a roadblock, okay, to getting the work done. You know, with what I'm going to be concentrating on, moving, you know, from 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 Pittsburgh to California, place I've never lived at in my life. Don't know anybody other than girls, of course, that, that, that out in that area. You know, there's going to be a lot. My brain is not going to be as into this as I've been, you know, because I've got life changes I've got to deal with. And they sat me down and told me, look, we got your back. Hmm. We got your back. We are not going to let you pull out of this at this juncture. You have done the work that you've done up until this point. This is your last year. We will cover whatever needs to be covered to make sure that you're able to finish your time. And you can't, you can't, you can't put even a price tag on that sense of dedication, commitment, and loyalty to the organization or even to the administration. And I will forever be grateful to them and ever be indebted to them because, you know, they really did. They, 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 in spite of what they had to do in terms of their own positions, they stepped up and anything that I couldn't attend or any meeting I couldn't be there for, they handled it. And the membership as a whole didn't see a difference. Wow. It was, it was seamless. 
and and I owe everything to them for that last last eight nine months that I was in the role. Wow! And the the very unique thing about it is that would have meant that you know you were also it was a boule year, and yeah. so. There was boule planning going on and everything. Did the membership, were they aware that you were making that transition or it was kept on a need-to-know basis? I think. I don't think that we made an announcement as such, but we didn't keep it under wraps either. You know, I think the word kind of got out, you know. Of course. <laughs> of course, you know, that that I was relocating to, to the West Coast. But um no, we we didn't make we didn't make a big big deal about it. You know, we just just made sure that it, it kept kept it moving. That's so exceptional because I think one of the things that happens, um, regardless of how long you've been in the sorority, you're you're going to go through different seasons and different transitions. And for you to be able to go through three major life transitions and still keep your role as international grand basilisk, that that's just so inspiring. So, um, Pastor Grand Loveless, what advice would you give to um, women who are experiencing various transitions in their life? My first hope and prayer for them is that they have faith. That's that's the first thing because that will carry you where money and nothing else will. You know, I mean, you can have connections with people, but if you do not have faith in God, you know, it it it's just makes it so much harder. You know, I'm not saying it can't be done because hey, a lot of people have done it. <laughs> But it makes it harder if you are at a point in terms of your life and your belief in God where you understand that he is in control of everything. He sees things that you do not see and mm -hmm. do not at this juncture know. You know, there's so much that I've learned in hindsight. I'm like, oh, wow, that's why that happened. That's why it occurred at that time that. While I was going through, I had not heard, but I did know that there was someone who did. And if I and I, if I trusted in that, and, and I hear again, like I was saying earlier, certainly I'm human. There were times when I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> but, but that would be the first thing. Trust in your faith, number one. Number two is. Have a plan. <laughs> have, have a plan <laughs> in terms of what you're going to do. If, if there's a particular problem or a particular goal that you're after, make sure that you have a plan. Now, I say that it's sort of an interesting thing because for me, with the positions that I've had, both in terms of my professional life as well as my Sigma Gamma Rho leadership, were never... Um, let's say steps that I was gearing from, say, since membership began. You know, like some mm. folk at the point that they become a member and learn about how the organization is set up, they say, one day, I'm going to be the Grand Bachelors. That was never me. That was <laughs> never, never me. I was always content to be the person behind the scenes doing, doing the work. I had no problem with that. But I also had no problem with leadership. 
If I found mm -hmm. that I was going to be in a leadership position, then the plan was put in place, you know, in terms of, okay, and I, if I'm going to do this, how am I going to do it? Why am I doing it that particular way? What am I trying to, what are my, what are my milestones that I'm trying to get? So have a plan regardless of, of, of what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. Because it's say, you know, if you don't have a plan, you know, you might end up there most anywhere. <laughs> as opposed to <laughs> trying to go. So you, you want to make sure you've got a bead on where it is you want to go and how you want to get there so you can actually do that. And then the third thing would be when you have that plan, keep your focus. There are so many things to try to tear you away from the plan. Now, mm. as a woman of faith, I say, you know, that's the demon <laughs> trying to get you off course. That, that's what I believe. But there are so many things that will try to get you off course. There were times when even people who I believed in and trusted would give me advice that didn't align with what I believed. Okay. And, and I went with what I believed. And, and you have to be strong. To be able to do that, you know, you have to be, you have to have a conviction about your belief. You have to um, understand where it's coming from. You know, people we talk about their gut, you know, having, having that feeling in my man, if I had just followed my gut, I believe as a woman of faith that my gut is the leading of the Holy Spirit trying to tell me, mm -hmm. are you going right or are you going wrong? And I can tell you from experience that every time I've gone against it, I found out I was wrong. Yes. <laughs> so yes. Every <laughs> single time I've gone out. <laughs> so at this age, at almost 66 years of age, I have learned to say, mm -mm, nope, if it doesn't feel right and that gut, that's not right. That's not the way to go. Even if it's something that I like or something that I, that I was hoping for. Because oftentimes what God tells you is not necessarily no, but not yet. Mm -hmm. And if you wait for when he says the yet is, it will be much better, much richer, much uh, more to to what you were really aiming for than mm, you yes. at that time. So, you know, have a plan, stick to the plan. Don't let anybody veer you off the plan. Because at the point that they bear you off the, off the plan, you're not, it's, it's taking you off your ability to reach your goal. Or it's going to take you longer to reach your goal. Or it's going to be harder to reach your goal. If you keep your plan and keep focused. Now, that doesn't mean that, that, that you can't adjust your plan. Because sometimes things do happen where an adjustment is needed. But mm -hmm. you need to take ownership for when that, when that time comes and make that necessary adjustment. Do not give someone else or someone's else the power to take that from you. That is so good. Just gems on gems on gems. Oh my goodness. And that's just going to be so inspirational because again, everybody is going to experience some level of life transition at some point in time and being able to have your faith and being able to keep your focus and being able to have a plan. That's really important. So what would you say is your favorite thing about being a woman? Well, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's my favorite? 
favorite thing about being a woman. I'm I'm trying to divide that from 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 the Sigma Gamma Rho part, and it's hard for me. <laughs> really, really, really hard for me. You know, Sigma Gamma Rho has been since my since my induction. Sigma Gamma Rho has been more family to me than my actual family has been. Wow. Yeah. I married. And when I got married, that was a different, different thing. Yeah, yeah, But in terms of my blood family, Sigma Gamma Rho is more than, than, than blood family, quite, quite frankly. And, and that sisterly bond that I've had over the years, over these nearly 50 years, that I had been a part of this organization has meant everything to me in the good times, in the bad times, you know, they have been there. Women have been there for me. And likewise, when I've had situations where I've known that our sorors have had issues, I have tried to do the same. I've tried to pay it forward. But that kind of love and camaraderie that you get as women, and, and and particularly in a sisterhood such as ours, it's just I mean, priceless. It really is priceless. I know that's, that's just a thing that people say, but I'm telling you truly to me, it is priceless because it's so much of a family to me. Um, I don't know, you, you may have heard recently that my brother passed away. Oh, and, I'm so sorry to hear that. My brother passed away and he and I, um, He's my only sibling. He was my only sibling. And he and I had been separated for more than 40 years. He ran away from home when I was 12 and he was 16. And I did not hear from him again. Didn't know if he was living or dead until New Year's Day of 2012, which was six months after I moved to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And um, we connected and have been in, been in contact since and, and begun to build a relationship again. You know, but it, it never it didn't have the longevity nor the closeness because of the distance to build it back to where it was when we were children. You know, where we were really close as as, as siblings as, as children. But um, in the in the interim of that, you know, Sigma Gamma Rho came in and filled in that in that gap that I had been missing since he left home when I was twelve years old. Okay, and and even in this funeral situation, my husband and I were the only uh, family from his side who was there for the services. But my sorors there in the local area, they they checked on me. They took me out to dinner while I was there. They and 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 I told them they they had no idea what that meant to me. Yes, given, given that situation. Because uh, at that time, they were my only family that was there. And, and I will always be appreciative to them for taking that time to do that for me. But that camaraderie, that female intuition of understanding how we feel and how we should, be, how we should respond based on how the other feels, men don't have a clue. Not one. <laughs> they don't have a clue. So being a woman in terms of being able to give that and being a woman 
and receiving that from other women and specifically my sorors is just been life-changing to me. I have told folk for years and I will always tell them that if regardless of who you might deem me to be at this point in my life, you know, leader or, or friend or, or otherwise, you know, I can attribute most of it to my membership in Sigma Gamma Rho. Certainly I had a basic foundation from home in terms of right, wrong, etc. But the leadership aspect, oh no, that, that was Sigma Gamma Rho. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. My alumni chapter at that, that time when I came in, Beta Epsilon Sigma in Columbia, South Carolina, they saw something in me that I had no clue about. Nothing. Mm -hmm. I, said, I, was, I was afraid of my own shadow. And, and and they just began to mold and shape and mold and shape, you know, and they would tell me, so Joanne, we signed you up for what? And I said, oh, girl, we got your back. And they did. It wasn't words. You know, I can't tell you how many times those alumni members would call me up on a weekend and say, Joanne, I remember Arzell Presley. I just cooked a fresh pot of greens. I know you're not eating like you suppose. You better come on over here to the house and get something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my first airplane trip in my life was because, was because Catherine Thomas took me to uh, a Sigma Gamma Rho meeting in Indianapolis. Mm. I was scared to death. <laughs> but she, <laughs> she asked me, do you want to go? And I said, Thomas, I well, I didn't ask you if you could afford to go. I asked you, do you want to go? <laughs> and she took me on my first flight. Wow. Meeting. You know, there were years in, in the early years, because here again, I didn't have family to depend upon, you know, if I if I having a hard time financially to go back and no, it wasn't none of that happening. I didn't have it. And if the dues need to be paid and I I didn't have it, they paid it. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't just a matter of, you know, because I have to be fair in all things. And I know we've got a wide range of folks that will be listening to to this. It's not that Simeon Rogan will pay all you pay your dues. And somebody says, well, why didn't nobody pay my dues? <laughs> <laughs> what they saw was that I had the level of dedication and commitment that I was going to work. And that I would do as much as I could do and would do my very best at anything that I tried. And that's what they paid for. Yes. That that way it was more of a of an investment. They mm -hmm. were willing to make an investment based on what they saw of me and the kind of work and kind of commitment that I had to the organization. That was worth worth investing in. And I think we all should do that as we become at the point where I am now and have the ability to do that. We have a responsibility to do the same. And, and I will always be indebted to the organization for who I am today. Because if it had not been for that molding and shaping and their getting behind me and pushing me along and kicking me in the rear when I needed to, you know, I, I do not believe that I would be where I am now. You know, certainly above all, I know that God was in control, but he used this organization and those members at that time, those alumni members, as the angels, as the as the instruments to get me to where I am today. I think that's just exceptional, especially because there's several 
members of the organization where they say that, you know, I don't have sisters or I'm not close with my family or I don't have relationships with other people. And the women um, in the just various, because the thing about it, sorors are everywhere. So of course you can be close with the sorors you are inducted with or from your chapter or from your region, but you, you know, you travel to regional conferences or it's the boule or just in, you know, at your job, wherever. And then you're meeting new sorors and forming just such strong bonds and those women who are going to be there for you for, you know, marriage, divorce, kids, death, life changes, whatever it is that's happening with you. And just to be a sister, truly to be your sister's keeper at all times, that's something that's so essential. Something I, that I, I've, I've been asked many times, you know, yes. say, do you miss being grand basilis? And I tell them, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I always follow up. There is one thing that I do truly miss, and I still—I've been out of our office now for God, eleven years. Who would have thought it? Time really flies, as you, whether you have one or not. But, but the one thing that I still miss to this very day is the ability to travel all over the world and meet souls. Yes, I mean that camaraderie of being able to to meet sororers and hear their stories about the organization. And I would always ask what brought you in and to hear that the same thing, the same foundational principles that mm -hmm. brought me in still remained intact. That means that the, organi the organization has not lost its heart and has not mm -hmm. lost its way. Now we may have our challenges and our issues. Absolutely. It's just, it, that's a part of life, but it has not lost its way. We evolve, we get better, but we still have to retain the foundation. And I missed having the opportunity. I still miss going around from chapter to chapter and, and talking to sororers and, and talking to even folks who were, who were interested at the time, talking to our friends, our philos, aurors. Oh, oh, I miss, I do miss that. You, you were um, the Grand Basilisk at the time when I joined the story. I joined in 2011, and my first boule was um, was in New Orleans in 2012. And I just, I, I, I just felt like I was just going to fall out. I had went to my regional conferences as well, but just seeing you and hearing you speak and understanding, you know, because um, in in the Divine Nine world, we really are our international presidents. That's like a king or a queen for us. That just that leader and that excitement that one feels. So when you do get the opportunity to be in the presence of an international grand basilisk, um, it's just it's absolutely just rewarding. So I can understand why you would definitely miss that. Um, something big we're trying to push with um, the Greater Woman Podcast is self care. It is essential to serve. It is important to give, you know, give your all to your, your family and to work and of course to the sisterhood, but it's still important to take care of you. So what do you do for self-care and why is it important to you? And I, I, I know you think that I'm probably a broken record, but <laughs> it comes to this, but it, it, it is the truth. I, I, I lean on my faith. That is, that's, really important to me that that's that's the center of who I am and when I don't do that you know because sometimes I get all caught up and don't don't do that I, I I know it I can feel it in in my in my day-to-day -day life 
when that occurs. So making sure that I take the time for it um, is, is important to me in terms of self-care. That's, that's number one. Number two, uh, and, and this has not always been the case, but in these last several years, I've tried to be much better at it, and that is taking time for family. Mm -hmm. um, particularly when you're in these leadership roles, family sometimes gets, as <laughs> my husband would say, kicked to the curb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> because you've got this meeting and that meeting, you got da, 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 da. <laughs> well, I have tried in, in recent years. Of course, now we just came off of Centennial. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I've tried to, to draw a line, so to speak, so that they know. I mean, particularly, you know, we've got grandkids and they, they grow up like weeds, boy. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want them to believe that um, that either one, I don't care about them or, or two that I've forgotten about. So I've, I've tried to, to carve out uh, some time to spend with family and to make sure that they understand that uh, that my level of caring, my level of love for them, you know, my, my children, you know, my my husband and I, we've been, it'll be 29 years that we've been married in February. And he and I do not have biological children together. He had children from previous marriage. But the, to me, they're my children. And yes. and and I treat them accordingly. And, and, and I've been very blessed in that they see me as, as such, you know. And, you know, I've never been one to say my step. To, no, no, they're my, they're my kids. They're my kids. Yes. Their kids are my grandkids. And, you know, that's, that's the end of that. Yeah, that's <laughs> the end of that. <laughs> but, but my faith and my family, primarily. And then I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm a sister. I love sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, knows I love to sleep and and my husband will come in and say I, I'm so happy that my, my wife is is relaxed she's in her bed watching television she's good she's, she's great she's good I don't have to worry about her she's good how much did you sleep after um centennial concluded oh my god uh not nearly enough <laughs> Not nearly enough. Oh, but I am. Oh, that talking about the cherry, cherry on the on the on the top of the Sunday for my Sigma life and my Sigma experience. That was it for me. Centennial um, had no idea it was first in it first in our history at least. Yes. No idea how it was going to come off and whether in fact folks would have really appreciate the plans that the team was putting forth, you know, because you, you know how we can be. Oh, I know. You <laughs> love to complain, 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 complain. <laughs> yes. We were all just overwhelmed by the level of appreciation that folks had for the execution of the centennial. So, yeah, that was, that was by far the cherry on the top of my Sunday in terms of Sigma history and, and my Sigma experience. Ah. A, a time that it, it's it's crazy, you know, at the time that we're recording this, that, you know, we're approaching the one year um, yeah. of, of one, uh, one. Yes, one. One, 100 and 
one just it's it's just exceptional and you know we're just continuing to make great strides in all of the things that we do and one of the biggest things in this new century is this evolution of what it means to be greater we have remixed that word in so many different ways i i love it and so my last question for you is what makes you greater I'll, I'll answer it like this. The love that I have for myself, my God, first of all, myself, my family, and my soul roars. It's in its insurmountable. It's something that I can never see myself to be set, be able to be separated from. Mm. I think that's what primarily makes me greater. I've told folk, you know, that I meet folk who will say, you know, oh, you're so wrong. Yes, are you active? Uh, no. Well, why? And they'll, whatever that reason, some don't even remember. And, and I will always tell them, you took a pledge to this organization. You said your life, you were dedicating your life, not a part of your life, not just while you were in undergrad, not just while you were in a particular city or with a particular chapter. You know, you have broken your pledge. You should never let anything or anyone separate you from the circle because of the pledge that you took. And I believe that with my whole heart and I've lived it with my whole heart. Um, I'm looking forward to the point that I'll be a cultured girl in just a few more years. <laughs> and beyond. And I, it is my hope and my trust and my prayer that everyone that comes into the circle will look forward to the same. Yes. Otherwise, why are you here? Why, why are you here? Um, it, if, if it's because somebody didn't somebody treating you a certain way then you 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 made the wrong choice you know if it's if it's because you know of the people who came in with you you made the wrong choice that's not what our seven founders were about sisterhood scholarship and service that has been our foundation it is our foundation and i pray that it will always be our foundation and my commitment to that uh, every day. Doesn't matter if I'm wearing, wearing, what size it on, wearing, wearing, <laughs> these, wearing these letters or not. Every day, I'm committed to them. And that's what makes me greater. Wow, what an answer, what an answer. Thank you so much, Pastor and Loveless, for just imparting your wisdom. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your service. And thank you for being truly a reason why we are greater. Thank you so much. Thank you. We hope that you enjoyed episode one of the Greater Women podcast. For more information about the Greater Women podcast, visit www.sgro1922.org or contact info at christinacanoe.com to learn more.